I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. This season of Fairy God Boss Radio is brought to you by Cisco, the worldwide leader in IT networking and cybersecurity solutions. Cisco is deeply committed to inclusion and diversity because without diversity thought and a commitment to equality, there's no moving forward. Cisco was voted a top company for women by its female employees on Fairy God Boss. Welcome to Fairy God Boss Radio. I'm here today with Nicole Pangis, who's the Chief Executive Officer at Ampersand. Nicole, thanks for joining our show. Thank you for having me. We are so excited always to talk to someone who has become a CEO, and it is the ambition of a lot of our listeners. So talk to us a little bit about you and how you achieved this. How did, what was your journey like? Well, what, what I will say is that from the time I was a little girl, I was very corporate minded. So, you know, I wanted to be the president of the United States and then I wanted to be a lawyer. And so that was always my mindset. It's kind of part of my DNA from as long as I can remember, you know, and, and the path to, I think, you know, moving up in a company has to do with hard work, skill, and always a bit of luck, if we're going to be honest. And so, you know, I started in digital marketing. Um, I left for a few years and went into the healthcare sector. And then I went back into digital marketing. And I was lucky in the sense that I um, was sort of noticed by people that were more senior to me in the organization. And frankly, I I was moved up the ranks sort of faster than a lot of other folks at my age at that time. So in my 20s, I was, you know, kind of put in charge of big global projects. And then I was president of the company that I worked for. I think I was uh, 31 or 32 years old or something like that. And so, look, I worked really hard. I worked harder than 99% of the people around me. And when I say work hard, it's, you know, asked a lot of questions, definitely at points in my career, many points in my career worked longer hours and uh, was very inquisitive and, uh, and let people know that I wanted to grow in the organization. And, um, you know, and eventually those things get put into place. But like I said, the luck part was I happened to work with people who were willing to also teach me and to promote me and to give me new opportunities. And so, you know, there's a lot of ambitious people but there's a lot of ambitious people in organizations that won't necessarily give them opportunities to continue on their journey. And so that's why I'm saying it's a, it's the combination of a lot of factors because there's a lot of ambitious, ambitious people who have the potential to become CEOs, but might never become CEOs or, you know, an equivalent role that they might want because they're in the wrong organization that won't shepherd them into new opportunities. I do want to go back and ask you, you mentioned that you got noticed. I think that is such an important piece of this for, for many of us. And is there any advice you'd give about how can you get your work noticed? Uh, sometimes we're working hard and it feels like no one notices the work we do or we're not getting the credit we deserve. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of, I think, you know, it's important to have ideas and to have thoughts and it, you know, you have to be very careful in organizations because everybody has their role to play certainly. And so you don't want to necessarily overstep, but at the same time, you know, I don't care what title you have or how junior or senior are in an organization. If you look across the organization and you see opportunities for improvement, which inevitably, I don't care how well run an organization is, there are always opportunities for improvement. You know, being able to articulate your thoughts on those things in a productive way, right? Not finger pointing, not being negative Nelly, but, you know, saying, hey, I noticed this. 
you know, why do we do it like that? And have we considered doing it like this? And, you know, talking to people who might be part of that organization, or in my case, the person who really sort of plucked me out of where I was, which is was in a sales role, uh, and moved me under him was the chief operating officer of the company who I happened to work on the company softball team with. Um, and just in conversations, literally at the field and after the games at the bar, he just kind of noticed as we were talking like, Oh, Nicole seems to have some ideas. And he found out I had my master's at the time. And so, you know, just being open for conversations and just being um, productive in giving feedback. I think is really, really important. And also volunteering, you know, volunteer, let people know that you're open to new opportunities that are not necessarily linear. So in my case, I started in sales, but I certainly, you know, for the most of my career, I wasn't in sales. Um, although that background helped me, you know, I moved into product management and strategic projects. And I do think the, you know, this might be a little self-serving, but I do think the best well-rounded executives are those that did not follow a linear path and actually, you know, moved across the organization and learned different disciplines because you can bring the lessons you learn in each of those roles into your next role. And so you have more, you know, more background going into whatever role, you know, you take next. So just being open and making sure people know that you want to always contribute more than you are today, tomorrow. That's really important to be perceived in your organization that way. Not that you're overreaching, not that you're trying to take somebody's role. That's different, right? People don't like that in organizations, but just you are invested in the success of your team, your organization, you know, and willing to contribute more. I like that idea of volunteering. Like I'm, I'm, I would like to help if you want my help. It's a really good thought. So you mentioned that the sponsor who really helped lift you to the next level was a man. Talk to us about gender. You came up in advertising. We've all seen Mad Men. (laughs) And fortunately, the world has changed a lot since then. But I think the senior ranks in most industries and at clients tend to be men. So what was it like coming up as a woman in your career? Did you you notice your gender? Did you feel like it played a role? Yeah. So in my case, you know, the the one... The one person I mentioned is named Jonathan Sue, who's, who's now a dear friend uh, and a mentor and still a mentor to me, but others as well. Ari, Ari Blumen, um, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago from leukemia, but he was really, he really noticed me right out of college when I worked for him. And he used to run around the sales floor when I was an inside sales executive saying, this girl is going to be somebody, you know? And so in my case, you know, for the most part, my biggest cheerleaders were men, but you know, there certainly is gender discrimination in the workplace. And what's interesting is sometimes the same men that are actually, and I'm not calling on the two people that I just named, but generally speaking, men can both, because, you know, there's unconscious bias, men can both be your cheerleader, but also in some ways hold you back. And they actually don't see the difference between those things. But in my case, when I was named to the executive team, which was a 24-7 media I was only the second woman in the company's history to be named to the executive team. I was the first woman to be an executive and have a baby, which was just really complicated because how do you deal with an executive going out on maternity leave? And there was panic about, well, how long is she going to be out? And is she going to come back? And those are things that my male colleagues of the same age in the same life situation I was in at the time never had to face. And so I was literally colleagues with these people and they were worried about me having a baby, but they were also having children at the same time as fathers. Right. 
And so just right there is discrimination, but they didn't think of it that way. The fact that they were talking about me having a baby while their wives were also pregnant, right? And the fact of the matter is I just talk about it, Romy. I mean, you just have to call it out, which is do you realize that this is discriminatory? The fact that you're talking about me being pregnant or it's like, oh my God, this is our worst nightmare. Come true. I'm like, really? Me having a baby is the worst nightmare come true. Like that is a problem, right? And so we have to talk about these things. And I've been, you know, as I've moved up the ranks, I've been told things like, oh, you should, you should be really thankful for where you are. And I'm thinking, did you tell like my male colleague that just left your office that he should be thankful for the fact that he's in a C-level role and I should be thankful for what I'm making financially? You know, you just have to call it out because even best intentions are discriminatory. And you could talk about Mad Men. Look, there's some really bad stuff that are, is really overt. But really, there's also a lot of little stuff that is much less overt that is actually, I don't want to say more problematic to make one over the other, but it's really these small things that are really problematic. The fact that we think women in executive positions should be really thankful for their positions, whereas men earn their positions. Well, guess what? The women C-level executives, I promise you, had to work three times harder and earn their spot seven times over before they got the job because everybody was questioning whether or not somebody who looks like me could be a CEO, for example, right? So these are real things. And I am just very, you know, now because I'm in a privileged position of being a C-level executive and I was a WPP, a C-level executive female, you know, where I was one of not just a few, but you know, there's, there's more male executives at WPP than female. And I just started talking about it a lot more because I think if I'm not sort of brave enough to say, Hey, look, I've dealt with this and this really upset me. And we shouldn't talk like that to women because they internalize it. And it's simply inappropriate because it's not treating women, you know, equally and fairly. It's never going to change. I love this. And I have to confess, I don't think I have followed your advice in my career. I think I had an instinct as I was rising through the ranks to just sort of sweep it under the rug or not try not to call attention to it or just try to kind of quietly persevere. Uh, and I think you're right that that doesn't change anything, especially when there's not an issue with the intent, right? When everybody's trying to do the right thing. If you don't point it out, it's never going to change. And it's, uh, I have to thank you because it's very courageous of you from your seat to be willing to call it out. So thank you for that. And to that point, <laughs> and to that point uh, the reason we are here today and the reason I even know you is because you are a tremendous supporter of women in their career. So now that you really have achieved kind of the ultimate pinnacle here, how do you think about helping to develop and promote women and pass the hand back? So there's a few things. I am certainly a promoter of women, but I think of myself as more of a promoter of ambitious people. You know, I think I mentor as many men as I do women. I love that. There are people that I still know now who I've known since they got out of college and now are sort of married with children. And I've literally kind of seen them grow up. And so sort of like a sister mama bear kind of thing. But what, you know, when it comes to women, I think specifically because, again, they sort of look at me and say, oh, okay, Nicole kind of rose up the ranks. And my background is I was at the same company for almost 12 years, 11 and a half years, 24-7, and then WPP bought 24-7, and I stayed with the organization. So I kind of grew up there, you know? And I, as I said, I started my career there. So when you talk about career trajectory, I sort of rose up the ranks in the same organization. And so people looked at it's like, how did she sort of climb? And so people reach out to you and say, 
how did this work and what did you do? And as if there's a magic formula, which there never actually is a magic formula. But what I tell women is sort of, I almost give them the lessons that I had to learn. So your point about me being very open about it now, it took me up until just a couple of years ago, I wasn't really very open, you know, just like the tail end of my time at WPP, I would say, is when I got more vocal about it because I operated state of fear that if I vocalize some of this stuff, that it would hold me back. That's how I felt. Yeah. And so I am definitely much louder, you know, for, for better or worse. <laughs> some might say worse. What but, do you think yeah. changed? What, what caused the change? Because I think I realized, you know, to my earlier point, if people like me who achieved some level of success, whatever, and by the way, I'm air quoting, you know, this is on radio, you know, nobody can see me, but I'm air quoting success because success isn't just about title and it isn't just about financial wealth that, you know, because you could have all that and be miserable. And I would say you're not successful at all. But I, what I did want to do is say, okay, if people are looking at, it became clear over the years that people were coming to me for advice, for guidance, and looking to me as sort of like their future path. So in a sense, and this might sound, it was like if I felt like it was not just me personally, but people like me, it's kind of our responsibility to try to make the path for the next generation easier. Just like women in the generations ahead of us got us to where we are today, where you run a company, I run a company, right? Like, it was for women before us in a previous generation being brave, being bold, you know, protesting on the streets has got us to where we are today so that you and me could be having this conversation right now. And so we have to just keep passing the torch forward to future generations. So really it was, it was that where I said, you know, I feel comfortable and confident enough in what I've achieved to be able to now vocalize some of the things that I have had to sort of internalize in order to try to make people aware of what, you know, to say and not to say in the future to sort of make it a bit easier for women to move forward. And, you know, the conversation around Black Lives Matter is not a dissimilar situation now where people have to realize that they don't even know what they're doing that are holding others back. And it's only if we speak about it, will people be more aware of it? Yeah, I think that's a really important point. So it is 2020 and a lot has been going on this year and I can't imagine it's an especially easy year to be running a company and to be running a company working from home while managing two school age children. Uh, and I know, you know, I'm talking to a lot of our listeners, they're feeling overwhelmed. So can you talk to us about how you persevere? How do you manage the challenges and the stress and the kind of unpaved roads we're all facing right now? <laughs> Well, it's, it's a little bit better now because the kids are out of school, right? So it's a, li- it's a little bit of a reprieve, although finding them activities to do every day without schoolwork is, is, a, is a different, a new challenge, I would say. But look, I mean, I think the honest answer is what this situation between the pandemic in concert with the economic collapse slash recession, I think, you know, the one big insight that I think a lot of us have learned is that we're a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for, right? That's very optimistic and a very positive spin on this all. Right. But, you know, there were some really awful days. You know, I have, you know, my older daughter uh, just graduated from third grade and my little one was in kindergarten during the pandemic. And so, and I'm divorced. So my, my ex-husband lives around the corner, but, you know, I'm 
you know, solo parents. When I have the girls, I do have a babysitter who helps during the day, but you know, it was hard to sort of navigate. And remember, I was a CEO for less than two years when the pandemic hit too, right? So, so crazy. Early new CEO um, managing through a pandemic with, you know, two kids and a company with 650 people I was responsible for and making sure my kids were in school and it was hard to get food. I mean, these things are hard and that, you know, that's just my story. Everybody has a story like that, right? And so humans are really good about navigating, I think, much more than we give ourselves credit for. And so just like everybody, you know, and, and I think what this taught us is we're a lot more alike than we are different, you know, where we were all in it together. We were all sort of navigating school-age children and you just, you know, you take it day by day. I mean, that's what I did. I took it day by day and there were some really hard days. There were a few days, frankly, just for full transparency where I would just text my team and I'd say, hey guys, I'm clearing my calendar. I just need a day. And I would just take a day. And um, and the reason that why that's important is because it gave them permission to take a day. Yeah, it sets a great example. And I just needed to like help my daughter, you know, my third grader with her school that day. And I just needed to take five minutes for myself that day or take care of house stuff they couldn't get to or try to get the grocery delivery, which at times was almost impossible to get, right? You did put the airplane mask on yourself before helping others. That is a great analogy. And it's one that I've heard. And I think that's, that's what a lot of us did. Again, I'm just, I'm sharing my personal story, but you know, that's what everybody was doing. You know, my brother is an attorney. He has his own law practice. My sister-in-law is a teacher and they have two school-aged kids too, right? And so you have him trying to run his practice from home, her trying to homeschool her own children while also teaching however many classes she had, right? Like everybody, the hardest thing. Like yeah. everybody had their story and very few of them were easy. You know, even people who are unmarried with no children being home by themselves is a different set of challenges, right? And so if nothing else, I hope the pandemic just taught us about just being kind to ourselves and kind to others and just being a lot more understanding. And ruthless prioritization. Yes, isn't that true? Yes, I love that ruthless prioritization. I might (laughs) steal that from you, Roman. I love that. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to ask you some fun questions now, Nicole. What is your favorite karaoke song? Ah, Living on the Prayer, I feel like is like like the be all end all. I don't know why for my 24 70s, I feel like that's all we ever sung. I love it. What is your favorite way to practice self-care? I run. Yeah. Runner. I'm a distance runner and it is my it is my sanity. That's great. I love it. Who is one celebrity that you'd like to have dinner with? Audrey Hepburn. Oh, what a great one. Yeah, she's my girl crush. I feel like having dinner with her would make me nervous and self-conscious about my table manners. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she does seem very proper. If people don't know her story, she was well beyond her time of, about the importance of just keeping her feet on the ground despite her success. She did a lot of charity work and used her platform for good well before it became in vogue. So I admire her for really being a trailblazer. I love that. I'm going to have to do some research. What's a book you'd recommend to our audience? And it it doesn't have to be professional. It could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever you want to recommend. So one is years ago, I read Ariana Huffington's book called Thrive. And I go back to it from time to time because she really outlined just the importance of, you know, to your earlier discussion about self-care. 
And for me, it started, I, I read it probably four or five years ago, something like that. But it sort of started me on a journey of really being more mindful of personal care, what model I want to show to my kids, and a variety of other things on health and well-being and, and that sort of thing. So that's a great book that I think is good to go back to. Uh, and another great book that I read last year, which I really uh, enjoyed, is this book called Range, which is a book about the importance of basically being a multidisciplinary learner versus a singular disciplinary learner and how the most well-rounded teams and people are ones that actually learn about a lot of different topics versus very deep on a singular topic, which interesting. Uh, I'm kind of geeky. And so I like to learn about a lot of different things. And so for me, maybe it was a little, you know, it kind of validated, <laughs> validated how I function. But but I also think parents, you know, and how, I think it really could guide how you how you look to uh, raise and educate your children. Great. All right. So this is the hard part. So we have a tradition at Fairy God Boss, right? And, and the idea is what we see that women are not good at taking credit for their work. They're not good about talking and promoting their own accomplishments. So I'm going to ask you to help set an example by bragging about yourself. Brag to us about something you've accomplished or something you're really proud of about yourself. You're right. That doesn't really come very naturally, does it? Um, it's hard. It is hard. Well, I'll tell you, maybe not a specific accomplishment. However, one thing that I've realized that I've learned to be vocal about is, uh, and, and probably why I've been successful in my career, is I have a very strong ability to look across different pieces of teams or organizations. And in my head, I, my, my analogy when I describe it is I could see all the puzzle pieces scattered and I could see how to put them together. And I tend to see it much faster than other people. So, you know, I've been a chief operating officer for a chunk of my career. And I think I was a very effective one for that reason, because I, that is something that's sort of like, it's a bit of a superpower that I have, you know, that I could see that because I've realized that for me, it comes very naturally, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. And just to work across teams doesn't come naturally. And, and I think that has a lot to do with um, where I've been successful is my ability to put pieces of the puzzle together very, very quickly. I love it. That's great. All right. Well, we've heard some great advice from you today. Uh, I love this idea of being inquisitive and how asking questions can help people notice you and help them see your contribution about volunteering, about just working harder. So if I had to ask if there's just one last piece of advice you'd want to leave our audience with today, what advice would you leave them with? So the last couple of years, one of, I have a very like short snippet that I remind myself of too, just as I was going through my divorce and sort of leaving WPP after being there for a long time. And I left WPP with no, no job. I resigned. A lot of change. Uh, yes. I turned down a promotion and I resigned with no job lined up. But an internal mantra is be brave. And I keep telling people, but women especially, be brave because we are taught from the time we were, we're young to adjust to the surroundings and to just make it okay and sometimes your surroundings aren't okay and sometimes your life situations aren't okay and sometimes your work situations aren't okay and in those times you just have to remind yourself to be brave and trust your instincts your intuition your intelligence and you know be bold be brave i love it and i think that's perfect such a fitting uh, ending because you've been so brave speaking up 
calling out where there's room for improvement and being willing to take that risk, take that position to support other women. So thank you so much, Nicole. Great advice from you today. And I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you for all you do, Romy, too. I think you're, you know, the Fairy Godbirth platform. I was an early supporter and um, I'm I'm very thankful and I'm so thrilled at how successful you've been. It's such an important platform. Um, for the world, not just for women, for everybody. Well, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.